Hi, it's Anya. Just wanted to invite you to join me for a sacred workshop, a ritual of movement, mantra, and meditation to call in the energy of your highest self in 2021. I'm hosting two embodied leader workshops on December 27th and 29th, bringing in the energy of the full moon using breath work, soul flow, journaling, and sacred vision work. We'll move together, meditate, breathe, laugh, journal, and call in the energy of the goddess within. You'll walk away with clarity of mind and energy, ready to embody your best self in 2021. And you'll be surrounded by soul sisters who are also ready to light up the world. You can find all the information to register in the show notes and DM me or reach out, send me an email with any questions. Hope to see you there. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi friends, welcome back. As we reflect on 2020 and what a crazy ride it's been, I was thinking back to the early days of quarantine, back when we still didn't know what was going on, but many of us were learning how to coexist with our children and work and do so many things at once. One of the things we never could have predicted was how much time we'd be spending at home this year. There seemed to be two camps of people, Some of you were reorganizing and organizing every closet and pantry in your home, and another camp of you were not doing that. I would fall into the not doing that camp, but my guest today says it's all connected. Lily Patet is an intuitive expert organizer. She's founder of Clutter Healing, a breathwork healer, and a mother, and takes a holistic approach to home organizing, focusing on the whole home in a gentle and effective journey toward living a more organized and spiritually aligned life. She believes that all clutter is connected to unresolved parts of our past and that the more we dig in and get rid of things that are not serving us, the more we can rise into who we're meant to be. We had a great conversation and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Lily. Thanks. Thank you for having me. How did you find me, by the way? I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember reading your Instagram profile and really just resonating. And you do some breath work. You've Mm -hmm. studied with David Elliott. I have. Correct. And he had been recommended to me by someone else. And so I made that connection. And then I was like, oh, okay, we have to, we have to talk. This is going to be good. So I um, have done a little bit of research, but I'm excited to hear your story and hear kind of how you are shifting and changing people's homes and their energy and and how the two are connected. So tell us a little bit about how you came to do this and what is your mission with your work? Mm. Well, my mission with my work, I'll I'll start with the easier part of the question because how I got here is, uh, is, you know... Interesting and a little bit longer, but, uh, my mission with my work is what I call myself as a holistic home organizer, you know, slash healer 
So I look at someone's house just like a holistic doctor would look at a person's body. And I truly, with my entire being, believe that organizing your entire home is the way to have success in keeping your home organized and organizing it really in a way, because what my hashtag is, it's all connected because it is. You might organize your pantry and it'll look beautiful. But to me, that's kind of like a bandaid on the situation because usually there's going to be some stuff in your pantry that should really be in the garage. There Mm. might be some, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like it's all interwoven together just like a human body. So I believe that the home is a living, breathing entity that needs nurturing, love, attention, care, just like any human would. And it's to me, it's all energy. How much stuff we have in our house makes our home feel either really overly congested, tight, cluttered, difficult to breathe, difficult to think clearly, difficult to maybe receive new ideas, business opportunities. Um, and the less we have and the more intentional things we have in our home, the easier it is, I think, to really feel that openness and that expansiveness and like the calm. You know, most people walk into my house and they go, oh, it just feels really good in here. Like, yeah, but do you know why? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always loving on my house. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some new headbands yesterday. So five other headbands went out. Like, and that's just how I operate. It's like this, the giving and the receiving, the letting go, the the opening up, the, you know, and really being conscious and con- and intuitive about what comes into my house. And we can get into a little bit more of that later. But um, I mean, I came to be in this line of work actually from a very young age. I was seven, I think I remember the first time I sought out a junk drawer in my mom's friend's <laughs> house and I pulled it open and was like, this is amazing. So much opportunity in here, right? And decluttered, you know, the paper clips from the rubber bands and the pens and highlighters. And I did all the things and threw away all the empty wrappers. And, um, I found great joy in creating order out of chaos. That was really something that was very, very fulfilling to me. And as a young girl, I grew up in a household with, uh, an alcoholic father. So that was very unpredictable. And organizing gave me a sense of, you know, peace, calm, control, even if it was just in my bedroom, that gave me something to hold on to that I felt like I could be in control of when my father's behavior was very unpredictable. You know, some days he's really happy, some days pissed off. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I was just always doing that for myself. I moved to Los Angeles. I moved around a bunch of times, obviously was very comfortable with moving and packing and letting go and getting new things that served my new spaces. I became a wardrobe stylist. From there, started organizing some celebrity closets, had a huge falling out with the um, stylist that I was working with mainly for almost five years, blessing in disguise. Someone said to me, why don't you just start an organizing business? That's what you're really good at. Completely terrified out of my mind. Who am I to have my own company? (laughs) All those Mm -hmm. things, you know, went through my mind and yeah, lo and behold, I, I did that. I sent an email to, you know, all of my, my friends and family and said, Hey, organizing by Lily has been birthed. And that was almost 10 years ago, I think. And I still have some of those same clients that were on that initial email. Mm. 
my own personal healing journey began. You know, I was in a 12 step program for a while for eating disorder stuff. From there, I learned about meditation. From there, I springboarded into the David Elliott community, which then I actually walked away from the 12 step community because I had such a powerful healing with breathwork meditation. And it's become, it's just become my anchor in how I really tune into what my body needs, what I'm holding on to, what's not mine, what's my client stuff, my family stuff, whatever. Um, and have really woven that into looking at people's houses, looking at the way that they are suffering, you know, internally. And maybe sometimes it's easier to deal with the external first, but weaving this practice of, you know, finding our breath, using our breath, using this beautiful God-given, if you are alive and human, you can have this thing as well. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. your breath inside of you. Um, and for those that are open to it, you know, I, I'm always willing and open to weave that into the organizing. And, you know, I would say it's like a half and half, you know, some people yeah. just want the pretty things and they just want their house to be aesthetically pleasing and have the clutter out. And others are really into, you know, I do house blessing ceremonies and clearing ceremonies and do the breath work with them and simple meditations. You know, I think every home should have a mantra and it's always forever changing, right? With what I'm offering and what I'm doing. And I'm getting a lot more clarity now as I shift and think about 2021 with what my offerings look like. But in a nutshell, that's kind of how I got to where I am today and the journey that I've been on. Yeah. Well, I was thinking when you were telling that story that, you know, you said you offer it to those that want it, but I'm sure I've had people come in and help me with clutter and I go through phases of like, everything has to go. Um, But a lot of stuff comes up, I think, for us when we start to really deal with like what's in the closet, (laughs) literally, physically. Yeah, literally. It's a metaphor, you know, it's like, why do I need to hold on to this? What does it represent? Mm-hmm. You know, I catch myself, my husband and I joke, I catch either of us saying like, oh, should we keep it? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> but then he jokes that like sometimes I just go on a tear and he's like, hide everything you want to keep because mom's <laughs> in a throw out mode. <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little extreme, but it is, it's a fascinating connection of how we are in our space and and then the energy that goes with that. So are you you're obviously not in people's physical space as much. How are you adapting to that? I actually am, believe it or not. I mean, in the beginning of lockdown, I got busy with my course, Sacred Space, and launched that. And that just wrapped up um, about a month ago. It was, you know, it does combine all of the things, the principles, the beliefs, all of the mindset work, all of the things that I believe we have to have to really create a solid foundation to have an organized home. Um, so I got busy with that and I did that and it was beautiful and I'm super excited to relaunch that next year. And I was offering a ton of breath work because people, you know, wanted it and were like, when are you teaching? When are you teaching? I, you know, this is so intense. What's going to happen? You know, basically the sky is falling. So I was offering a lot more of the breath work during the beginning of lockdown. But now I think people have come to realize, Hey, we're in it. Like we are in our house and it needs to feel a certain way in order for me to feel productive, functional, happy. And our homes are working overtime. It's the gym. It's the meditation studio. It's the creative space. It's my work. It's my kid's school. It's everything. 
And, you know, I personally, we wear masks when we go into people's houses, we're washing our hands. We have timers set. We wash our hands every hour, um, eating outside of people's houses. You know, for me personally, working in the daylight when the clients have the doors and windows open, the UV light, you know, for me, I'm not as concerned about getting it when everybody in the house is wearing a mask. So I felt very safe. And we started out initially, it was like a lot of garages because I think that's where people were with their comfort level. So we were in the garage for, I would say, solid three months. <laughs> and I was so happy yesterday to be styling bookshelves. I was like, yes, <laughs> my happy place. Um, but we are, I mean, we are where I actually just interviewed 14 potential organizer organizers uh, earlier this week and I have trials and all of that happening and I'm like booked through the middle of So December. you're expanding too. Yeah. It's just time. Been, yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. You know, it's been almost 11 years and, um, I had a child, you know, two years ago. So it's just time to up level and change, you know, really become the consultant and the CEO of my company and not necessarily be in the houses. And I know that that will take time. You know, it's probably going to take me the next year to get comfortable with being completely out. But, um, and I love it. I love the physical hands-on organizing, but in order for me to really expand the online presence and, you know, thinking about doing training for other organizers who are starting out in their businesses, because so many people reach out to me and ask me for advice and questions of, you know, what did you do? How did you do that? So that's also exciting. It's exciting to me to be a mentor for someone. Absolutely. And scale your own business at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And franchising is definitely in the back of my mind for like the long-term five-year plan. So I've been writing an organizing manual, training manual and all that, all that stuff. (laughs) Great. It's amazing. And, and a mom. So you have your hands full. How did having, I mean, I have two children, so I have my, uh, I feel like my children brought a whole lot of stuff with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How has it changed your own sense of, you know, clutter or organizing or your perspective as you go into other homes with kids? Well, I definitely have a lot more compassion around the stuff right? Because now I'm seeing how quickly my daughter's art supplies went from like two little bins in the garage. And now we have five that are, you know, twice as big. So I have a lot more compassion and just a lot more knowledge in terms of not necessarily the sentimental stuff, because I understand that. And I have understood that to me, it's really no different between adults and children, but I guess I have a lot more, especially with the baby gear, that was sort of challenging for me to wrap my mind around. I'm like, but wait, why do you have to have this sippy cup and this bottle and this thing? Like that was very out there for me because I hadn't fully experienced it as, as a mom. And it was, uh, it's, it's, I definitely have a lot more compassion and I guess I just have a lot more knowledge, you know, around all the different pieces and the parts. Like this is for the car seat. This is for the stroller. This is for, you know, and then the pull-ups versus the diapers. I was like, I don't get this. Like, why do we have to have overnight diapers and regular diapers? Like, that's just excess. But no, you do. And just coming up with creative, easy ways. So now I have in my daughter's closet in the top, it's like, this is the two small bins. So it immediately goes in there. Once it's filled up, I either, you know, pass it on to friends who have children that are smaller than her or when thread up was more consistently able to send a bag or give a label. I was doing that a lot. Now it's really delayed because so many people are cleaning out their kids' closets and their own closets. 
Um, but yeah, I still am of the same mind with my daughter's stuff. I mean, I'm a pretty quick, I, t- I turn it over pretty quick. We were just having a conversation the other day with my fiance about the stroller. I was like, do we need this? Do it. Will we, will we need this when we go to the Disney or the zoo? Right. Like, do, do we, we need, need a travel this? stroller and a running stroller? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I still am pretty, I don't want to say harsh, but I just, we live in a small house. Look, my house is only 1,320 square feet. So it's not a big space. And our garage, this is, ha- I'm in the office, which is half the garage. And then the other half of the garage is like a tiny little storage space. And then the other half is my fiance's woodworking shop. So we don't have a lot of, we don't have a big two car garage where we can just store stuff. So for me, um, the, the, <laughs> the, the editing is, it's kind of constant. Like I constantly have a bag or a bin ready to be, you know, dropped into. So yeah, I guess just education. Now that I've had a child, it's just like a different way of viewing the extra amount of stuff. And I do do toy rotations often. I only have like five bins in our living room for her play area. And I have other stuff out in our shed and I do rotate it in and out because I think kids get so overly stimulated. And then they always gravitate. It's like us. Like we always gravitate towards our favorite white t-shirt, right? And kids do the same thing. Like they're going to gravitate toward just the play kitchen for three months or just that one puzzle for two weeks. So keeping it fresh and rotating it and maybe not having it all available to them all the time, I think is a really helpful tool for parents to um, consider. So do you think of the actual, or do you teach your clients like the actual process? Because I think of you know, once someone comes in and kind of works with you and shows you, it's it's really like you're talking about almost a daily or a weekly continual practice. Do you teach people to really think of that as a meditation or a part of their practice yes. in that way? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I have in the link in my bio and Instagram and on my website, I have a free, what I call the Sunday ritual reset. So it's basically a guide to go through, you know, Hey, let's water our plants. Let's check and see if our hand soaps are filled in the the kitchen. You know, when are you doing your grocery shopping? When are you, you know, planning your meals? When are you picking up that toy area and, you know, resetting, resetting your space and it is like, I, I truly believe that this is a pathway to healing. It is a part of who you are, how your energy, how the energy in your home def- affects you directly. So making it like a moving meditation, like I always say to people, make it fun. Like don't have laundry folding and all of that be a drag, put on music, like make it fun, like put on your headphones put on a play, like a good playlist and, you know, vacuum your heart out, sing, do like a little moving meditation dance when you're folding your laundry. Like it doesn't have to be this huge drag. And quite honestly, if you have a house right now, and if you are sleeping in a warm bed and you have the privilege to wash your dishes and have a dishwasher and have clean clothes, take a hot shower. I mean, all of these little things that we think of as sometimes mundane, are such a privilege right now. So the more you can just step into that attitude of like, oh, I'm so thankful that I have clean clothes on my body and just really making it a prayer, really making it a prayer and a meditation to being alive and being healthy and being available to having a home. Because so many of us are not, you know, so many people are on the streets right now and homeless and 
don't have a job. So it's a, it's a real gift to have what we have. And once you do the reframe of like, oh, these are things that I get to do in my home instead of something that I have to do, it's a real energetic shift of how you're able to show up for your home. Instead of saying like, ah, I have to organize my closet. No, it's like, hey, I get to go through my clothes, figure out what doesn't work for my life anymore. My pandemic wardrobe is different. (laughs) So what am I going to get rid of? Like that tight club dress. I maybe don't need that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a different. High heels be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just a different. And are you going to wear that in a year, in five years? And who are you today versus who are you you know, who are you striving to be, you know, and that's what I always say we should keep in our homes, like where you see yourself going, not for the person that you once were. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. So tell me about the sacred space course, because you launched it once and you're launching it again. Mm-hmm. And um, so what you meant, you kind of briefly said, like it touches on all of these principles and mindset, mm-hmm. but how does one sort of go through that without you being in their home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we do. So it was, we met once a week for eight weeks. I'm, I'm toying with the idea of when I relaunch it, of really making it a nine month program to rebirth your home and to make it something that is uh, not that an eight week course isn't sustainable, right? Like it totally can change your life and being in that kind of pressure cooker situation where it's, you know, eight weeks and, you're accountable. Big transformations can happen, but also life happens. So if in that eight weeks you fall behind, which I don't really believe in that, I believe that we're always working at the pace that spirit universe God wants us to be working at. Um, I do believe also that there's something to be said in like a longer, you know, more expansive amount of time where you're able to really implement strategy in a longer period of time. So how it worked is that every week we met for um, two hours on a call. Sometimes we did breath work. Sometimes we just went over the lesson for that week. And the first uh, five weeks were really just about, it was mindset. It was, you know, making a lot of lists around internal clutter versus just my laundry room's a mess, which all of that is definitely, like I said, it's all connected. It all affects us. But if you're owing your best friend $1,500 and you haven't resolved that scenario, that's going to really pull on your energy. And that is, that's internal clutter that hasn't been resolved. So when you start to examine places in your life where you are maybe staying in a toxic relationship with a friend, a significant other, whatever, I mean, that's all energy that's leaking out. That's not being, you can't, you don't have the energy to focus on your house. You just don't. Whether you're conscious of that or not, there are the internal experiences that are sometimes hard to look at that we do shove away in the closet. We do shove them down with food. We do internalize them with an extra glass of wine or, you know, smoking pot every day or whatever your pleasure or escape might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first couple of weeks are about looking at those things. Like, let's really get in there. Let's think about, you know, taking care of ourselves and our clutter in not just the external, but also the internal. Um, and then it was video based. So I would be walking them through. I surveyed them and asked them what areas they wanted to work on within the eight weeks. And so it was bedroom, home office and closets. So I, did, you know, beautiful PDF presentations. And then I walked them through 
all of my tips and tricks in a video style format. They would watch that. Then we would come back together and meet on the the call the following week. Um, it was a very intimate experience. It wasn't on Facebook. I, I really wanted to eliminate any of the social media distractions for them. So it was all, um, you know, on a private Voxer group is where we all connected. And then the Zoom calls once a week. But I mean, they loved the videos because they could yeah. look at them and, you know, review them while they were in their closet. They could sit in their closet, watch me doing whatever I was doing, <laughs> and then kind of follow along. Um, and lots of product lists, of course, which I'm always about like, hey, see what you can use in your home first before it like... <sighs> sure. But sometimes yeah. there's like the gap, right? You, you right. think like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know the solution. Right. So I think right. that's always really helpful. It's yeah. very helpful. And, you know, product shopping is very overwhelming for most people. If you haven't been doing it, like going into the container store can make your head spin. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to find something on Amazon is, um, is a bit challenging if you don't do it all day, every day. Yeah. No, we need guidance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the nine month idea. I think that just sounds really beautiful. Birthing a new home. That sounds really resonates really beautiful. Yeah. And the breath work. So are you doing, you said you mentioned like you're doing breath work mm-hmm. through COVID. People were asking um, for help yeah. with that. And it, are you exclusively weaving it into the course or do you do breath work on its own as well? So I do do breath work on its own. I do private sessions and I have been, I was doing a once a month class. I kind of just needed to take a little hiatus from that. So I didn't do anything this month, but next month I'm doing it again with a platform that I love called Interplay. We've been doing some collaborations with her community and my community. So for people who don't know, like we use breath work. I know what it is. You know what it is. But for someone who's like, okay, she's decluttering my space in my house and we're talking about emotions coming up and how it's a reflection of the inside. What is breath work in that context and how how do the two bridge together for someone who might not be familiar with breath work? Yes. So Other than breathing, I breathe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I breathe. So therefore I'm doing breath work. So the distinction that I like to explain to people is that There's a difference between doing a breathwork healing session, which is what I am certified and trained to do with my teacher, David Elliott, versus breathing techniques. So a breathing technique might be something that you can do in the moment, right? Like you can do it at your desk. You can do it while you're driving. Breathing techniques are something like box breathing, four, seven, eight breathing. It's not necessarily something that's going to put you in an altered state of consciousness. Breathwork healing, which is what I teach is something that is a much more, uh, you know, you're focused on a specific intention, you're lying down, you've got your eyes closed. You know, uh, if you were with me in a real life scenario, I'd be putting essential oils on your body and lighting all sorts of beautiful healing tools like sage and Palo Santo and different things. But a breathwork healing is really to connect you to any of the limiting beliefs that you've been holding in your subconscious, stuck energy, stuck emotions, like all the icky, yucky stuff that maybe makes it difficult for you to take a deep breath in your waking life. And then we work with that intention. We work with a specific idea that's maybe been holding you back to excavate it out through the breath. So the breath is prana, it's life force. It's literally the thing that happens the minute you come out of the womb. And most of us breathe shallow. We have shortness of breath. We have a tendency to, you know, 
not be able to take a full deep breath filling up the entire lung or filling up the diaphragm, also the low belly. Because usually as women, we're taught like, suck in your stomach, stand up straight, you know, hold it all in. And when I tell someone, a woman especially, like fill up your whole low belly and stick it out, like imagine a huge balloon being filled up in your low belly for the first time, that's generally challenging because we are taught to suck it all in all the time. So using the breath in this way as a healing experience where we're tapping into first and second chakra, first chakra being at the base of the spine is like our survival. It's how we feel safe in the world. It's, you know, do we feel supported, loved, like we have meaning and purpose here. And then the second chakra is all about your creativity, your digestion, your emotional, your capacity to digest emotion. So Usually all of the emotional debris is going to be held in your low belly and oftentimes the low back. If we don't feel supported, you might have those aches and pains in your low back often, especially when things feel a little uncertain in the financial landscape. A lot of stuff around money usually happens in our low back or our belly. Um, and then, so it's a, it's a, it's a two part breath, inhaling into the low belly, inhaling into the high chest, and then we exhale out. So really that place in the solar plexus which is, you know, between these first and second chakras in the lower part of the body, and then the heart chakra here, filling up the lungs, and the solar plexus is our will center. So this is the place where we're like, I just need to have it all figured out. (laughs) (laughs) I know what to do. Um, But you usually kind of block the connection to really being able to listen to your heart when you're just in your will. So the whole purpose of this is like, hey, let's be open to new ideas. Let's see if we can replace some of this negative programming that we've probably locked into around the age of seven and reprogram it and retrain and start to open our heart, trust, believe, and receive new ideas from higher realms, higher sources. And usually that comes in in an altered state of consciousness through a breathing practice. And what I love about it, and I know that Plant medicine is very popular and a lot of people use it to, you know, connect to outside sources. You really can do all of that with your breathing. Like I've had some of the most trippy experiences in a breathwork session where I'm, you know, levitating, angels are around me, all these animal spirits have come to me without on, I'm not on any kind of drug or enhancer at all. Um, And it really, really has changed my life exponentially. I mean, I'm not the same person that I was almost nine years ago since I've started doing this. And what I love about it too, is that it's free. It's accessible to you at any time. You don't, it's great to have a guide, especially in the beginning when you're trying to figure out why are my hands cramping? Why do I feel so unsafe in my body? Why? Like there's all these physiological things that happen when you first start start doing this. So it is important, I think, to have a guide and not just like dive into a breathwork healing session on your own. Um, but over time you can do this completely on your own and you don't need anybody, but your own self, you just need your self-discipline to sit down and do it. Um, and that can be the most challenging thing sometimes is just to, you know, it's like I, a really dear friend of me said to the other, to, said to me the other day, she said, we all know what to do. We just don't do it. Right. <laughs> we all know that cleaning our closets and our fridge feels really great. And we know that after we exercise or walk or do breath, like we slow down, we breathe, we feel good, but Mm -hmm. it's not a habit yet. 
No, it's not a habit yet. So I think that that is a, a, it is an important distinction to make that Mm -hmm. there's a Mm -hmm. lot of terminology or a lot of like, yeah, we're going to do breath work. And I'm like, but what, like, tell me more about that because I don't understand. Because to me, breath work means something completely different than like breath of fire with um, Kundalini yoga or, you know, doing like alternate nostril breathing and, or yoga nidra has a different type of breathing. Like there's so many different types of breathing. Um, But what I would call mine is a breathwork healing. It's, it's a different thing. It's set to music. It would be about an hour and 10 minutes long. Um, and there's just so many different types. There's rebirthing breathing, there's, you know, holotropic breathing. And a lot of those other types of practices are also very, very long. Like some, I've heard of people breathing for, you know, four or six, five hours, um, which the other part of this technique that I love from David Elliott is that it's real efficient. So you don't have mm-hmm, to do it mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Right. You know, an hour and 10 minutes is doable or even 30 minutes if I'm doing a recorded one. I don't know many moms or busy professionals that have like seven hours to just right. spend the day breathing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope. Not anymore. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I did at one time. I could go away on a yoga retreat weekend. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, thanks for making that distinction and sharing. I could, I mean, I can see how the two would weave together really beautifully too, of, you know, being open to new ideas and moving that debris out of our body and then, and then having our space reflect that and be willing to, to make yeah. those changes. Because like what you said, you know, you literally will shove things in your closet and to me, there's no different. Like this is a home. Like our body is a home. What we hold inside of us, like this is a home that holds so much physically in our body. And it's really no different. Like all those things that you're shoving in your junk drawer that you don't want to deal with, or you, you know, I don't want to deal with <laughs> later. This. I'm just going to, yeah, later. Like I later. say, later is the, there are some days the place where dreams go to die is what I say. Yeah. Because when you just say, oh, someday, someday I'll organize my photos or someday I'll go through my kids, you know, art projects. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it creates a real energy block. And that's the same thing of us not dealing with, you know, the way that we feel about the breakup that we had or the way that we, you know, internalize, I don't know, that negative thing our mom said to us over and over and over again from, you know, a very young age. And then we start to ingrain that into our emotional tissue and believe it to be true. And that definitely translates into how we treat ourselves and how we treat our homes. So it's, it's a, it's a a spiritual hygiene or a spiritual housekeeping, I call it. Um, because when we don't take the trash out, it gets really full and really smelly and really stinky. And it's the same if you're holding on to every single, you know, dress you've ever worn in your life and it's just collecting dust in the back of the closet. Like, who is that serving? It's just dead energy in your closet. It's not being used. It's not being loved. It's like not actively being given a purpose. And that I think is energetically, um, so helpful in our homes when the things you have actually have a purpose and they're being used for that purpose. I love it. I'm I'm like thinking of all the places in my house to go. <laughs> <laughs> we brought actually new art in this week. And my husband finally put it up yesterday Ooh. and it changed. I mean, I've been on an art kick over COVID. It was like, okay, well I can't le- leave, but I can change the art. And yes, we put up some new pieces that just totally changed the energy of the room. And it's so fun and vibrant yeah. and beautiful. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it I definitely changes. Feel mm-hmm. the <laughs> one is of the ocean. I'm like, okay, I've got the ocean in my living room. Yay. <laughs> um 
So Rock Your Joy is all about finding joy in the mess and the chaos of life. How are you finding joy these days? Mm, I mean, not a lot of things have changed for me, to be honest. I mean, I uh, I still do my consistent Tuesday night meditation, breathwork meditation practice with a small group of people that are in recovery. So that's really been an anchor for me every week. And, you know, for me, it's like baths. I take a lot of baths. I believe that, you know, salt baths are so great at clearing energy and just, you know, imagining, visualizing when the bath drains, like anything that doesn't belong to me, anything that doesn't serve me goes down the drain. I love exercise. So long walks um, and just cooking with my daughter has been a new thing. You know, she's helping. So she's two, so she's helping me, but uh, cooking has always been a meditative experience for me. And that can it's it's definitely shifted with a toddler in my house, but now she's she's come to the age where she can, you know, pretend help me and it's really cute. And I just I I love watching her, you know, experience the new the new things of, you know, pretend, you know, peeling a carrot. It's just all these little things that um are brand new to her that she's never done. And so I do find a lot of joy in her experiences. And just her her little laugh and um, my fiance and I have just, we're plotting and planting the seeds to potentially, you know, buy a mountain house or a house in the forest. So that vision has um, really brought me a lot of joy lately because I definitely feel the <laughs> chaos in living in a large city like Los Angeles. So really calling in that retreat space and that space away in the woods is something that I'm like feeling into. And it just brings me a lot of solitude and happiness and joy. I'm like, oh, a bathtub that overlooks the forest. Like that is, yes. like, that is sign me up. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Yes. It's coming. It's happening. And all the responses and feelings that my clients share with me about, you know, the things that they're learning from letting go and living with less and just living a more streamlined life that really, really lights me up and, and brings me so much joy on a consistent basis. I really feel like, you know, at 43, I'm, I'm fully in my purpose <laughs> and, uh, you know, that always feels good too. That's joyful. Yeah. It is. That's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. That is joy rippling out to other people. So mm -hmm. that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here thank and taking you. time out of your day to share your story. And um, people will, I'm sure, find you and, and feel that joy ripple out and impact their own homes as well. So I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.